Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What a world! Welcome to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Bad your humble host on the Ocho. It is Thursday, September 29th, 2022. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we want to remind you that the Ocho is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel our Dallas Cowboys. That's right, Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center training facility. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, Biltong has 32 grams of protein, and each meat stick has 8 grams of protein if it's good enough for the cowboys seriously it has got to be good enough for you too righteous felon uses locally sourced all natural black angus beef and prides itself on superior quality revolutionary branding and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering my personal favorite is the nelson mandilla just go to righteousfelon.com and use discount code btb20 at checkout to get 20 percent off your order through the october 16th game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Gross. After that, the discount will go down to 15%. And obviously, instead of BTB20, you'll use the code BTB15. I love Righteous Felon. I eat a bag every day. Seriously, try the Nelson Mandela. That is an insane discount that our friends at Righteous Felon are giving you 20% off. And like I tell you, Dallas Cowboys players have access to it and eat it. That is seriously one of the things I love about it. I love to do things that NFL players do because it makes me feel like an NFL player, even though I'm not whatever we're here to talk about the NFL here to talk about the Dallas Cowboys who are two and one and shocking the world shocking me at least and and shocking a lot of other people in the process on Sunday the Dallas Cowboys will play host to the Washington Commanders it is the second division game of the season for the Dallas Cowboys their second in a row having gotten the dub on Monday night football against the New York bad again at football really bad always at football Giants um yeah hey it's commander's week it's not a thing it's Dallas week for them um and I am so excited this this is one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done I've been very fortunate very blessed to do some really cool ones but Dalton Ross from Entertainment Weekly all right if you love Survivor if you love Big Brother if you love the challenge if you love any kind of reality television basically Dalton Ross covers it at an elite level for Entertainment Weekly he is so awesome and what you may not know is that Dalton is a fan of the Washington Commanders, formerly known as the Washington football team, formerly known as something else, has a podcast actually called Surviving Snyder, where, you guessed it, (laughs) the Washington football team is the subject matter. You may recall um, last year, Brandon Gowden and I on the NFC East mixtape had Rick Devins on, uh, who played Survivor and is one of the other co-hosts as a part of Surviving Snyder. So Dalton was kind enough to take some time to talk about 
Washington, his kind of history with the team, his fandom, how he views this week's game, and, and obviously some Survivor stuff. I'm such a huge Survivor fan. Read Dalton every week. He is one of the best writers in the world, regardless of subject matter. I said something like that in the interview. I promise you are going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get to it. From Entertainment Weekly, from all over the world, Dalton Ross joins us next, right here on The Ocho. Pleased to be joined by the one and only internationally famous, um, known across multiple solar systems, I imagine, certainly known by anybody who's watched any sense of reality television over the last, I don't know, 500 years from Entertainment Weekly, more importantly, from the Surviving Snyder podcast. It is Dalton Ross. Dalton, thank you so much for joining Blog of the Boys. Yeah, RJ, uh, uh, happy to be uh, sleeping with the enemy here, so to speak, <laughs> this week on, on Dallas Week, which... I gather it's probably just a much bigger thing for Washington fans than Dallas fans at this point. But, you know, we have to hold on to anything we can here. Is that a real thing? Like, do you really feel that way? Do you really feel like it's Dallas week? Like, is it a is it a bigger deal in your sports fandom than any other week? A hundred percent. I can't express to you. Uh, and I'm 51. Right. So, like. The Dallas Washington rivalry used to be such a massive thing. It was the biggest rivalry in football, if not in sports. And there was such hatred in the rivalry, which is what made it so great. I mean, like started with George Allen when he came in and he just hated the Cowboys. I mean, actually, you know what? It extends all the way back to when the Cowboys became an NFL team. Cause I don't know if, if you know this or not, but they wanted to become join the league and the league had to have a vote and the Washington owner was going to block it. But we had our fight song, right? Right. Hail to the Redskins, which is what it, what it used to be. And so, uh, but we didn't trademark it. So right. the Dallas owner trademarked the song and basically said, hey, you want your trademark back? Vote me in. I mean, that's how far back the rivalry goes. And then you go to the 70s and like, I remember in 79, there was a game to get into the playoffs, winner take all. And a, a florist outside DC sent a, a funeral wreath to the Cowboys <laughs> in the locker room. And Harvey Martin put it in his locker all week. And then after the Cowboys won, dragged it to the Redskins locker room. You had Joe Bugle in the eighties, giving the finger to Tom Landry across the field. Uh, I mean, it was there. It was awesome. And um, it's clearly not there anymore. And why should it be there? Both teams have not been good. Dallas has had some good seasons. We've had nothing for 30 years. I mean, literally nothing. We've won one playoff game this millennium. Uh, it's so, you know, I still just because I grew up in that, I hate them. Like, I'm in a fantasy league, RJ, with all um, Washington fans. And the one rule of our fantasy league is you're not allowed to draft any Cowboys players because we never want to be in a position of rooting for a Dallas Cowboy and so I think I just want that back because I think it's good for both sides, right? Like, I think it's healthy. It's just, it's fun. It's a little bit WWE, but that's okay. But honestly, I'm the exception. I don't think any, I mean, you see the apathy in our state. You saw like it was 75% Eagles fans in our stadium last week. It's just pathetic, dude. It's just, it's sad. I, I'm with you. I love the the pageantry and the like theatrics of, of, a of a bitter rivalry. Um, you know, I'm not, not to be like too like, like whatever, but like, it's lame that they're all buddies and friends. Like it's cool, fine, whatever. But like, I do miss it. Um, to your point, I miss like burning helmets, you know, ahead of the games. Yes. Like that's all that stuff is so much fun. Um, I'm 32. And so like, I can't really think of a time where it's been like, oh, you know, like, and honestly the last 
two Washington division titles, I feel like have been, you know, more a product of the Cowboys missteps. Uh, 2020, obviously, Dak Prescott being injured, 2015, Tony Romo being injured. So, like, it's hard for me to, like, view them. Like, I've never really, like, been on Twitter and, and had Washington be a threat in my life. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the only time that it felt like something was changing and you conveniently left this one out was 2012. <laughs> sure. The Thanksgiving uh, game was terrible. That's one of the worst memories of my life. Incredible. And uh, and then I was there at the, the winner-take-all game, Sunday Night Football in D.C., and it was uh, that's when Alfred Morris went crazy on you. Right. And, but but it felt like, R.J., for like for, that was the only time in the past three years I was like, oh, my God, we've got this quarterback who's revolutionizing the position. He's going to – and I was telling this to Danny McRae, who we had on our podcast the other day, who was on the field that day, and I said, it felt like we were going to – run the, the the division for 15 years like watch out everyone and then you know a week later he's his leg cracks and and that's that's the end of that so but i understand what you're saying generally other than that where it felt a little special way to win seven straight it's like every time we've won it's by default mm-hmm. it's like we won with a seven and nine record you know it's just like you never feel good about it it's no, nothing sustained it's just sad sack it's depressing we have the worst owner in sports i mean Maybe not you for have, long. You know, <laughs> you know. I don't believe. Listen, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. We Rick Devins is on our podcast. I know he's been a guest uh, on yours as well. He's he's the eternal optimist. He keeps thinking that they're going to get rid of Dan Snyder. And I keep telling him they're never going to get rid of Dan Snyder. They're not going to vote him out because they don't want people peeking into their lives and sure. like them to be the next one voted out. It's never going to happen. Um, I got to say, I mean, I really do hope for better days um as a different example you know dallas is, is visiting philly on sunday night football in a few weeks and like that game's got some juice right like every cowboys yeah. fan is like bring it you know like everyone's talking about the eagles like bring it and um the cowboys games in philly have actually been kind of juiceless um in recent memory it's just one of those other weird quirks um uh, within the division um so you you have the podcast you you are such a busy person you do such a great job you know with a billion different things i have no idea how you manage to sleep or, or function in your daily life you're, you're one of the, the best writers i've ever read uh, any subject matter and so i always enjoy your survivor recaps more than anything um and so like, why do it? Why root for the team? Why why give your energy? I mean, is it like at this point, you I, I imagine you enjoy the podcast, you have a good time, things like that. Is it just now it's more for your own, your own personal enjoyment than the original love for the team because you've kind of accepted the state of things? It's, I, I, I have no idea why I do it. Like, why why do I why do I still root for this team? Well, you know, in all honesty, like, why do I do it? It's like all it does is bring me misery. It's like, it, you know, I'm kind of a numbers guy. Look at the data. Look at the data for the last 29 years. And look at all the, like the other week we're up in Vermont visiting my daughter at college. I'm like, Hey, we got to get on the road at 8am. I got to get home for kickoff. Why did I do that? Why did I just stay in Vermont and enjoy myself? And so I came home and I'm miserable for three hours watching this stupid game. And then I get on with Rick and Brendan and we talk about it. And you know, we have no one to blame for the podcast, but ourselves, because we got caught up in that stupid seven and nine thing. And, and uh Heineke coming out there and dueling Tom Brady. We got a little excited, you know, my co-hosts both played Survivor. I cover Survivor and we're all big Washington football fans. So we have we had a text chain that season. Like, oh, we text about during the games. And I just sort of said, hey, why not? Let's just, instead of texting, let's talk sure. about it. And we'll put it out. If anyone wants to listen, fine. If they don't, that's fine too. And then it's just like, why are we doing this? Like, why did we do this to ourselves? Why do I still root for them? Why do I pay to get the stupid Sunday ticket that like conks out half the time anyway? <laughs> Like, why do I sit there and let them dominate my emotions as much as they do? And I think it's, RJ, it's because I was fortunate that when I was young, they were so good. 
right. they were so good for like 11 years. They were just dominant in four Super Bowls. And I guess I'm just trying to like recapture that high, right? Like, but it's just not coming. And, and, you know, it's sad that I care so much, especially when like talking to Danny the other day, I said, do you guys even care about Dallas? Like, like Washington week? Like, does that mean anything to you? He goes, dude, when I show up in 2010, it didn't mean anything to me. Like, it's just like, it means nothing. And I bet you would consider if someone said, Hey, what are your rivals? You'd say probably like Eagles and Giants, right? We're probably at the bottom of the list. Um, Giants has certainly fallen off. Um, I tweeted the other day uh, after Monday Night Football, Saquon Barkley has lost all seven games he's played against the Cowboys, right? So, like, yeah. it's, you know, it's, there's a little bit of this there. Um, it's definitely Philly, like the new age fan. Um, like anybody, I think, like 25 and younger has kind of grown up in that era. The Giants had the Super Bowls, whatever. Those are kind of your older brothers, Cowboys at this point. Like, the Ro- like, like nobody really is like those Romo-Eli battles were, were amazing, you know? Like, they were cool yeah. games, but, like, it doesn't hold the same place in anybody's heart. I remember the, like, Romo-Jason Campbell games a little bit more, like, P.O. <laughs> scoring four touchdowns against them and stuff. I, I thought you mentioned, I guess, I don't know what week that was. That might have been week two that you came back from Vermont. Um, I picked Washington to beat Detroit. I feel like, Ugh. you know, like for everything that's going on, th- there's like, there's stuff, right? Like I understand the Carson Wentz of it all. There's Terry McLaurin, there's Jahan Dodson, there's Antonio Gibson. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot. This is like, this isn't an episode of Chopped where you have like cottage cheese and, and cardboard. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's more to work with there. And I think we saw it week one. I mean, so that has to be more exciting. You've probably got more commanders on your fantasy team than you have in years past. I, I do. Well, that's true. I think they, I think you're right that they do have more weapons. I'm not as high on Antonio Gibson as everyone else is. I think actually if we had our real running back who got shot twice right. uh, back on the field, they actually could use Gibson the way he'd be better up in space, not a bruiser. I don't think that he, he – dude always averages like two On returns too because Ron Rivera hates yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Uh, but, but here's the problem. Our defensive front, which is allegedly the strength of our team, is not nearly as good – as everyone always says they are just because mm-hmm. they were drafted in the first round. And yes, John Allen is really good. And yes, Deron Payne's had a good season because he's in contract year, but they're just generally Mont- Montez sweat's been invisible. Chase Young had a terrible second season. I mean, just before he got hurt, he was, mm-hmm. t- it was awful. So that's not as good as they are. We had a surprisingly good offensive line. We let our two, two let go of our two guards. We signed two guards that are completely over the hill and you, that's what you saw against Philly. Uh, it was ugly. Uh, we had, they had six sacks in the first half. They had sacks on three consecutive plays, four of our first dropbacks. They had three sacks. And then the next, uh, drop back, we had a, a, you know, a a false start on our tackle. So, I mean, it was really, really ugly. And so now you got Micah Parsons and, uh, you know, D law coming at us. It's just, it's just, it's just, I'm, I'm scared. I'm frightened. So Carson Wentz has, He's made some beautiful throws and sure. he, he can get hot, but man, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a quarterback with less pocket awareness and like no internal clock, like half those sacks were on him last week. It was bad, RJ. And this is a dude in what his seventh year. He's not a rookie. I mean, that's his thing, right? Like, like yeah. he's just, you know, he's um, he, he can't chill out. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he, I'm, I'm sure he like tosses and turns like a thousand times when he sleeps. Like, he has no like internal peace. I really feel for him. I, I thought the Colts. That's one of my things this year. Like, I really hate the Colts. I really like. I hate that they have turned me into this like Wentz supporter because I hated the way they like dogged him and they were like Wentz sucked. We did nothing wrong, and that's a whole different subject. But totally. that's like he's definitely the the most. No disrespect to Alex Smith, whose story was heroic, or or your boy Heineke, but like. He's Wentz is definitely the most like 
he's the he's the finest piece of meat to work with that that there's been there since Kirk Cousins. That's at least how I feel about it. I mean, I, I do Agreed. think the first first three games are somewhat indicative and representative of that. I mean, they hung with the Lions and like at the very least, they're a team that can cover. Like we saw that, you know, late in the game, they you know just put up a thousand points all all you know very quickly. And so like there's there's they're like the arrows pointing up. Like I do think you've turned around. Like you're no longer facing 180 degrees south. I I, I agree with that somewhat. I mean, here's the deal. Like I. I, I'm really worried about the game against Dallas. Just like if matchup wise, it's just bad. Like it's just a bad matchup for us. But um, generally, I can agree. It's just I'm so worried about that line because that's mm-hmm. the one thing about Wentz. Like you got to give him time or he gets skittish. And and our line has looked real shaky. But I agree with you. I love Terry McLaurin. I just I I love to see him work with just in a good offense with a good good quarterback. Um, Samuel was uh, just. MIA all last year, but he's looked great as a gadget guy this year. And Dotson, I think, is the real deal. Everyone said he was a stretch uh, where he's picked, but he looks good. Um, so we've got weapons. We just need to put it together. I don't know if this is the week we do it, though. I agree with you. I'm picking the Cowboys. It sounds like you are, too. Um, my my next question is about Ron Rivera. You, you talked about Curtis Samuel. He's kind of representative of how I feel about Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, fantastic human being. Awesome person. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to go on, like, a camping retreat or, like, some sort of, like, obstacle course where we learn about, like, teamwork and leadership. I would totally do that with Ron Rivera. I think he's a terrible NFL head coach. I think people highlight the leadership a little bit too much. Um, I think that people – I think that the division title in 2020 that, I guess, led to the start of the podcast was a little bit fraudulent, uh, certainly. And I think people gave him a lot of credit. Well, he won the division like yeah he was the last man left standing um do you think this is it like mike mccarthy gets all this like well if it doesn't work out he you know he's going to be dismissed that class of 2020 head coach is not great um joe judge is already gone see about mccarthy do you feel like ron rivera is on his last legs as the team's head coach so i think our take on ron rivera on surviving snyder where i I think i speak for all of us where Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's it's a little weird, RJ, because it's like, where was the franchise where he came in, right? So, like, we give him a lot of rope because you said it. At least we have a leader of men. At least mm-hmm. we have someone that's not going to embarrass our organization. Can I tell you how often we are embarrassed? I mean, like, we are constantly embarrassed. We are a national punchline on a weekly basis for something terrible or embarrassing that's coming out of our franchise. And at least we know he's not going to embarrass us. Like, I mean, like... That means a lot for us because it happens so often. So we tend to give him a lot of leeway because of that. But but I think you're right in everything you say. And he's what's really interesting with Ron Rivera is he's super defensive too. Like when the media and you know, right. as a member of the media, I'm not no longer in the sports media. I actually used to be a lifetime ago. But I am as a member of the media. I don't like the way that when anyone questions any decision he makes. It's basically like, well, you don't coach, so you don't know. Right. So your your opinion. You're not, not in valid. the locker room, Dalton. What do you? Yeah. What's going on? It's it's absurd. It's absurd. I really don't like it when he does that, uh, and I really don't like the way he seems very stubborn, in terms of, um, you know, his way or the highway, and not sort of changing course and making adjustments. I don't like the way I don't that the uh, front office is set up, uh, and so I, I've got a lot of you know issues with that. 
I think that Ron Rivera will get another year unless the bottom really falls out. If this is a four win or under year, then maybe that's it. But I hate even saying his name, but Dan Snyder, uh, that guy, like when he brought him in, he knew that he needed any form of legitimacy. And I, I don't know that starting again and getting, you know, you know, how, like teams always go the other route, like they get the hot coordinator. Right. And that doesn't work out. They get sort of the, the respected former head coach. Right. So we had whether he deserved that respect or not. We went the respected former head coach route. So next time it'll be the hot coordinator, a guy out of college. And that'll happen. That will happen if he loses, if he only wins four or less games. Ah, so Kellen Moore, the future head coach. Yeah, it could Washington. be. <laughs> we, hey, we've done that before with Norv. We did that. We did that dance with Norv Turner uh, for way too long. I um at the time I thought that Jason Garrett would have been like I'm not a Garrett guy by any means, but like again, the state of the team in early 2020 was like just get an adult in here, like get, get somebody, get somebody with accountability. That's the if there, if Jason Garrett's a lead at one thing, it's that. I certainly think Ron Rivera is cut from that cloth as well. The dude who I'm all the way out on because Ron has some redeemable qualities is Jason Wright. Like I I don't know one thing Jason Wright has done that I've been like great decision, dude. Because I feel like everything he's done has been a misstep. It's so weird. I've talked about this not only on our practice, but I've been on other Washington now commanders podcast talking about this, how you listen to Jason Wright and he's so smart. He's so charismatic. And you say like, Oh my God, this guy should run for office, but not in like a slimy Bruce Allen way. Right. Like Bruce Allen was such a politician, but so slimy. This is like an inspiring guy and everything he says, you're like, Oh my God, we got someone who knows who he's doing. But then you look at every decision, whether it's messing up the the uh, the, the years on the crest of our Super Bowl <laughs> victories, whether it's misspelling players' names uh, when you're retiring their jersey or in the top 90 players thing, whether it's like uh, having a, a Sean Taylor um, big picture ceremony and it's in front of a bunch of porta potties. RJ, they leaked the team name in a team video because the it was like he was holding it in his lap in the video and there's a reflection of the logo and the helmet and the, like they leaked it in three different ways really careless stuff. And so I can't put my finger on it because you're right. If you just look at the evidence, mm -hmm. it's not been good. It's not been good in so many ways. Yeah. At least like, again, it's a little bit fraudulent, but Ron Rivera has a division title, right? They call it a call it like a Mickey mouse title all you want, but like at the end of the day, it's still an objective accomplishment. Whereas yeah. like, what has Jason Wright done except for rip off the challenge in their like uh, emblem or font <laughs> or whatever uh, for, for the commander. I hate our uniforms too. Well, it's weird. I, that's not true. We have three uniforms. The main one is is burgundy, like all burgundy. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that one looks all right. Like, I'm not this one guy. Who, I'm not the guy who says, like, every change I hate. Like, although I do fear change. But I actually think that uniform is pretty good. Then they have these sort of black alternate uniforms, which they're, they're actually going to wear this week. They, which I, I actually think they look kind of cool, although I don't know why they're debuting them this week. Because all we've worn so far are our worst uniforms, which are they look like Arizona Cardinals reject unis. And it's not burgundy. And Jason Wright keeps saying it's burgundy. It's not burgundy. And it's pretty much white and it looks stupid. So they've worn those the first three weeks. Now they're debuting their alternate jersey before what they've always marketed as their main jersey, which is the burgundy jersey. So it's it's super weird that they're doing that. But um, I actually do think the, the black unis look kind of cool. I like Also, why debut anything when you're the road team? 
You know what I mean? Like, why well, why would you not want to do that at home? You know what I mean? And, like, and wh- why wouldn't you do it at night? But then again, we hardly get any night games because we suck so much. You know, do, you guys are on prime time like every week. We're, we if we get like one prime, it's mandated every franchise get at least one prime time game, and that's exactly what we get. I do think um, I know FedEx Field has its cons. It, it's a pretty looking stadium at night, and I my favorite and long time well, like my favorite Washington combination has always been the white tops with the burgundy pants. I don't like the yellow pants. Um, they just don't shine, but the burgundy pants look great. I've always thought it w- would be weird. And I don't like, I don't know if anyone's ever thought about this, but like, it would be so weird to look out through the yellow face mask like that. I always thought mm-hmm. like that would be so strange, like, like, you know, gray, black, Navy, you know, whatever the Patriots have the red one, but like, it would be awkward to look out through that thing. It would affect my vision. I, I first off the, 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 they've been wearing burgundy pants the first two weeks with the white top, Good but luck. they don't have a, they don't have a stripe on the leg. It's so weird. They look like yoga pants, like right. put a stripe down the side. And your comment about FedEx Field, I cannot express to you what a garbage dump that stadium is. I was at the very first game there. I was at the last game there. So last year, my sister started, my sister, my daughter started getting into football. And she's like, Daddy, can we go to a game? And I was like, oh, crap. I have to take her to FedEx Field. It took us like an hour and a half to get in. Then we go to the game, we get to the gate, and then we sat an hour in line, like in just to get through security. It's like, figure that out. And then you saw the railing. This is the game where the railing fell over. You've seen the footage of the sewage. Uh, It's terrible. It's an awful, awful stadium. And yet we'll be there forever because no one wants to be in business with Dan Snyder and no one wants to give him land or give him the money to to build a new one. It's awful. I have two final questions, um, both somewhat survival related, although the first one, not really. I'm sure you've thought about this. Um, And now, like this legitimate steam to this has mentioned, if Dan Snyder is outed, do you change the name of the podcast? Or at this point, like Uh forget SEO. Like I'm just talking (laughs) about like your own heart and what you would want the name to be. I think we'd just probably keep it at this point, right? Like it's it's actually kind of funny because like we've had a a bunch of people on our podcast and we had um, we had Doc Walker. Uh, former uh, tight end for the team who does a lot of media. And we've had Logan Paulson, also a former tight end for the team. They were both doing calling the um, the preseason games. And so, as you know, the the team that calls the preseason games, those are employed by the team. Right. So it's kind of like, did, did Doc and Logan, like, are they cool with coming on our podcast? It's called Surviving Snyder. Like, are you, is, that, is that okay? Like, I don't want to get you in trouble. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, I think we'll just, we'll just keep it. But um. You know, I hope he's gone. I have no faith that he will be gone anytime soon. He's not the type of guy that's that's just wants to, you know, um, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what all of us think about him. Like, that's not going to drive him from owning the team. Right. Um, when you mentioned Washington tight ends, like, again, if we're talking about, like, redeeming qualities, I always think of the Chris Cooley commercial in the, like, the house that was being built. Remember, like, the old school fantasy one where he, like, pushed his hands through the, yeah. like, the wall or whatever? Um, like, that was a cool moment. You know what I mean? Like, one of the one of the only ones, I suppose. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, my last one, I told you this uh, when I emailed you. Uh, I would like to hear from... You've, you've seen every Survivor season, right? Like, I don't know that yeah. as a verifiable fact. Um, yep. Do you ever rewatch them at this point? So, I never did just set on time. Except right. when when COVID first started, then I did. I did kind of a project where I went sure. back and watched a not all of them because it's you know it's forty two at this point. But but I did go back and watch a bunch of them. Oh, some of the really older ones that I literally now had not seen in you know 15, 20 years. So yeah, I did go back and watch them. Okay, yeah, I figure there's just it's you just cannot do it. I can't even make it through like. Well, know, they, you, they got the RJ. They got all the international editions too. 
There's Australia, there's South Africa, and guess what? South, South Africa is really good. But the problem is those editions air like Big Brother here. It's like three times a week. Uh, so it's like a bazillion episodes. Yeah, I don't think I could handle that. Like even I'm loving them, but these like extended episodes, it's tough. You know what I mean? It's, it's just there's yeah. a lot going on. Now you got, I haven't seen this week's Amazing Race yet, but it's like you guys can't just pile everything together. Um, you know, then it takes all sorts of coordination. My wife and I have a 10 month old. We got to structure everything around him, whatever. Um, okay, so <laughs> which Survivor players all time? Do Micah Parsons and Carson Wentz remind you the most? I picked those two. I thought that would be the most fun. Um, I, I admittedly have some holes in my survivor knowledge, kind of around COVID when I, you know, went back and watched a lot too. Um, but so I'm curious to see. Well, for, for Micah, I guess you're just picking a challenge beast, right? Tyson. Like, I, I, I guess, yeah, you Tyson, Ozzy. Ozzy. Right. Like, Ozzy is the first one that comes to mind. Ozzy is sort of thought of as the quintessential survivor challenge beast because he's great in water. He's great in land. I don't, he's not great in puzzles. That's the one thing he's not great at. And that's why he uh, eventually didn't win the South Pacific season. But he's he's the ultimate challenge beast. Micah Parsons is a beast on the field. I hate that he plays for you guys. I hate that you got him. And, and we got Jamin Davis. <laughs> that's the worst. You guys drafted Micah Parsons. And then a few slots later, we got Jamin Davis, who can't even like get on the field. It's just embarrassing. Uh, uh, we so, did um, we did a what if and I'll just sandwich this in quickly um, on, on the NFC show I told you about or we pondered, you know, Ponderosa puns. But like, do you regret winning the division in 2020? Cause, like because if, if like the Eagles throw in that game, because yep. if they don't and you lose, then you're picking 11th in all likelihood. I mean, I'm 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 usually the person that's always like, go for the higher draft pick. Like, don't don't try and win pointless, meaningless games. But that wasn't a meaningless game at the time, right? Like sure. it wasn't like, you know, you get to get in the playoffs, you got to win. Now, if we'd been like four and, you know, 11 or 12, I can't remember if that was 17 <laughs> games. That was 16 games. It's the last then, 16 game. Yeah. yeah. Then, then, then I would be like, lose it. Then sure. I'd absolutely be like, lose that game. The only, the only meaningless game I really wanted to win was the, I was there and it was against Dallas. It was the last game ever at FedEx field and the, uh, not FedEx, excuse me, RFK. Right. That was the game I wanted to win. And and not only did we win it, but I stormed the field and I stole turf from the 50 yard line in the end zone. And like, just because it was Dallas, it was so lame to RJ because Dallas was really good that year. So you guys sat everyone. I think you were like 12 and four, 13 and three. Right. And we were like three and 13. And yet, you know, we had some triumph because we beat a Cowboys team sitting every single starter right. in the last game ever at, at FedEx like, at RFK. Like that was our big flex. But that's the only time I wanted to kind of win a meaningless game wow um it's cool you stole the turf i hanging behind me i have a hook from the locker room at texas stadium because i toured oh, the day after nice. the last game so um you know cut from the same cloth there uh, i also Carson. i also uh van the little vandalism i did knock out my seat back i've got that as well well you know who who hasn't done that do um okay got your limitations uh, carson wentz uh where are we going here this is the one oh. i was more I, I knew the michael was gonna be like an awesome player so yeah carson wentz is so hard so what i'm gonna try and do is is try and think very positively about him. And I'm going to hope, and, and this, you know, I'm probably not going to feel positive about him Sunday in between 1 and 4 p.m. Eastern, but um, I'm going to try and say he's like Tony, uh, in that Tony, Tony Vlachos, who was like, right. who's won the game twice. So he's amazing. He's, he's arguably the best survivor player ever. Carson Wentz is not the best quarterback ever, but Tony is crazy skittish like i i i can't express how he's like it, it so that's carson wentz in the pocket to me a little bit like you know what i mean like tony like um, for game changers when he showed up and he went out very early that one i don't know if you watched that season rj of course, but he literally, yeah. so they show up on the beach 
And he literally goes, I'm going to look for idols. And yeah. he sprints away from the entire tribe. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like just crazy talk. But he was, that's the way Tony is. He's going 110 miles per hour. Uh, so what I'm hoping is Carson Wentz felt a little bit like Tony-esque in the pocket, uh, just like not knowing what to do or where to go. So I'm hoping somehow that's going to translate into the greatness of winners at war and that Carson Wentz is going to somehow throw for 30 touchdowns this season and, and, and not get sacked every other play. That is so perfect, honestly, because like like Tony, like crafting like hideouts and things like that, like so unnecessarily too, is like yeah. pure Carson Wentz. Like, let me let me just try to like throw this backwards, uh, you know, for like no reason whatsoever. <laughs> totally. And, totally. And yeah. to outlast, like you're right, like if, if no, again, no pun intended on outlast, uh, but to like outlast <laughs> everyone would take this like winners at war performance, especially like. Like, I don't know who the, like, Kim is to, like, Carson right. Wentz's Tony, but, like, you you would, like, i take that player 100 out of 100 times. Like, they're more even-keeled. Um, Tony's Winners at War win was just incredible. It, well, it, it, it's, it's what we wanted, RJ. It's what we wanted last year with Fitz, Fitzmagic. Like, when we got Fitzmagic, ah. the three of us were so excited. And we're like, look, okay, we know what he is. We know we have no illusions, but let's have some fun. Like we're, right. we've been we've been bad and we've been boring. We've been bad with like Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum and all these guys. Like let's at least have some fun. Like let's just go for broke. Give me the Fitz magic, and then it lasted one quarter. Unfortunately, wow, he really is the Kim of of yeah. all like a Harvard <laughs> guy and everything. Like super smart, you know. Uh, <laughs> wow, well done, Dalton. Thank you so much for taking the time talking uh, commanders. I could talk Survivor, or whatever. Um, just a super awesome, fun conversation. I wish you um, health, wealth, and happiness, but like pure and total sports misery, just for obvious reasons. Well, if if history is our guide, <laughs> it, it, then I'll be getting a, a heaping helping of it again uh, this Sunday and every Sunday to come. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dalton. Thanks, RJ. Want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you to Dalton Ross for taking the time to join us to talk about Washington, his fandom, the commanders, this year's team, Ron Rivera, Jason Wright. Everything. I mean, it just was so cool. And I meant what I told him in that I would like to see them, you know, kind of bounce back. I like when when the division is spicy. I like when it's fun. I like when it's intense. I like when there's a lot going on. I, I also meant what I said in that I, I kind of I'm not rooting for the Eagles, obviously, but I, I like this energy. I'm really looking forward to that October 16th game. Uh, Cowboys and Philly on to the night football. By the way, through that game, you can get 20 percent off your orders at RighteousFelon.com. As mentioned, use discount code BTB20. It is delicious jerky. And it's low cal. I mean, it and it's good for you, like protein. I mean, all sorts of stuff. Go to RighteousFallon.com. Use code BTB20. I promise you, you will be grateful that you did. The Dallas Cowboys players themselves have access to it. So, you know, whatever. But awesome conversation. Just loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, I hope you did, too. Uh, you know, we were had to record on Thursday. That's why this episode came out a little bit later than usual. Um, so apologies if you were looking for it bright and early on Thursday morning. But uh, such a great time. Really looking forward to, to Sunday because it kind of seems like the Cowboys are going to get to three and one. I promised on our postgame show that if they do, I will eat half of a cheesecake during the postgame show. Um, I don't have a discount code for that. Um, but I feel like I will need, you know, a discount code for some pants afterwards because, I mean, I'll need a bigger size because half a cheesecake is a pretty big thing. But anyway, we'll see about that in a couple of days. Um, enjoyed it. Hope you did, too. Hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you have the greatest Thursday, greatest Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday until we talk to you again of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. The tribe has spoken. And we will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.